Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena. I have a few things I want to discuss on this episode. In segment one, what's happening now, I want to talk about the train wreck that is our U.S. government. Talk a little bit about Lemonade and its one-year anniversary, as well as Beyonce's scholarships. And also talk about Serena's latest edition. In segment two, self-care, it's time to discuss all things nutrition and feeding our bodies properly so they can thrive. Finally, in segment three on Black Excellence, I want to highlight Henrietta Lacks, whose cells transformed the science and medical fields in the past several decades. No friend host this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? Okay, so I'm beyond over this whole entire Trump administration debacle that has taken over our government. It's been an embarrassment for the moment they stepped into place. In fact, it was a train wreck from the moment that Orange Menace gave his victory speech on election night. Thanks to him and his team of minions, the rest of Sane America has been collectively working to upend this administration with activism, marches, and civic engagement. Uh, see episode nine, where I talked about activism in the age of Trump. Since they interrupted our sleep, we're gonna interrupt their agenda. Here's the latest tea on the Trump team. So we're closing in on 100 days It'll be 100 days that 
this crazy man has been in office on April 29th. And they've done a bunch of nothing in that time frame besides show how ignorant they all are, how, how they're just amateurs, right? So what have we seen happen? Well, when they first stepped into office, we saw Donald Trump and his team um, literally scandalized from the beginning. The first thing they came out and talked about was the nonsense surrounding the inauguration and how he had, quote, the largest crowds uh, at his inauguration, which was obviously proven to be untrue. Uh, His his attendance at his inauguration was nothing at all compared to President Obama's inauguration in 2008 that saw millions of people on the National Mall. Uh, Trump barely saw hundreds of thousands of people on the National Mall. In fact, the marches that were led the next day in opposition to him in the Women's March had plenty more people involved in it in the March on Washington than his own inauguration did. So there's that. And they came out lying about that, you know, on the what second day in office, Sean Spicer, the public uh, relations person uh, that speaks for the White House, comes out in his press conference and literally claim what people saw with they with their own eyes, what they saw with the pictures and even what they saw in person at the inauguration was not true. There were more people there than any other inauguration in the world in the history of the United States. Utter nonsense, utter lies, and something very stupid and foolish to lie about. So we already knew we were getting ourselves into some foolishness with this uh, this administration when they came out lying about how many people were at the inauguration crowd size. Like, are you serious? And so we go from that to uh, them enacting our Trump and attempting to sign an executive order. He did sign an executive order to basically ban Muslim people from entering our country from seven Muslim countries Uh, that was immediately shot down and shut down by uh, federal judges across the country. And he tried it again with a second Muslim ban just by, you know, tweaking a couple of things, a little language inside of the executive order. And that also was a no go. So that was already failures as he walks into the White House that he couldn't even get his own little silly campaign promises that he had put into place that he had thrown out there. He couldn't even get that done. Right. And it was ridiculous. Why are we banning people from entering our country who are not coming in radicalized? They're being some people are radicalized while they're already here. There's literally evidence from the federal government, from the agencies that report to him, that speaks to the fact that people are usually radicalized within several years of being in the country, not upon entry into the country. And it could be people that were born here that are radicalized. So to use that as a reason to fight terrorism is absolutely insane. And can we talk about the fact that he's not fighting terrorism when it comes, when they are white supremacists who are the ones that are the terrorists? Because we've seen what, um, we've definitely seen that happen since he's been in office where we have a deranged white man decide to shoot an Indian guy, a couple of Indian men at a bar in uh, Kansas City. And where was Trump and his outrage about terrorism then? Nope. Crickets. 
or is his terrorism with the white man that went and shot up the place in in Canada? Crickets. But any type of event that happens that looks like it was caused by Muslim people, people of the Muslim faith, or who profess to be of the Muslim faith, he is all over it, jumping all over it, tweeting like crazy. Which takes me to his Twitter. These past 99 days, since this is being recorded on the day before his 100th day, this man, this man child, literally tweets absolutely everything. And it's always a bunch of nonsense and ridiculousness and embarrassing crap. He, he can't even spell half the time. He's been deleting tweets at the beginning. He was deleting tweets after he tweeted them. He would delete them, which he can't do because it's a part of public record. As the president of the United States, you cannot do that. You can't delete or get rid of anything. Hello. He was the one who was crying about Hillary and her emails, right? So he's been tweeting like a crazy person. A bunch of utter nonsense, a bunch of embarrassing things. I mean, seriously, I'm embarrassed to be an American when I even think about the fact that that man sits in the Oval. And not just that, we have seen him literally just attack our allies. Um, he has attacked Mexico and him and his foolish wall that he keeps trying to bring up over oh, Mexico's paying for the wall. Okay. Mexico's not paying for my doggone wall. Everybody knows that. And so it's, that's on the taxpayers, the people that voted for you thinking that Mexico's going to pay for a wall. I don't know what kind of delusional folks these are, but whatever. And so now we're sitting here and, Oh, Mexico's not paying for the wall. And apparently Congress don't really want the American people to pay for the wall. So here we are at this point in time where the, the wall isn't even in the budget that's been proposed because obviously Congress sees that it is definitely not something that we need to even be focused on or thinking about at this moment. Then he comes out with his, um, proposed budget overall that he wants to, that he may bring up to Congress. And his budget basically was slashing everything and everybody, funding to PBS, funding to uh, Meals on Wheels, uh, cutting out funding for school, school systems, getting money for food for kids, just all types of horrible things, basically cutting out a lot of social services and things like that are cutting back on how much money they receive and ramping up defense as if we need more defense money. I really don't get that at all. Um, we have the most powerful military in the world and it's enough that we're already fighting in Afghanistan still we're still fighting there we're still trying to help make sure iraq is stabilized then we have this person thinking that hey we need to throw more money in the defense and i'm not saying that our military doesn't need funding because if anything needs funding and needs more attention it would be our va hospitals and how our veterans are being treated but guess what he probably don't really care much about them even though he claims he does what we have seen since he came into office is nothing but corruption and ignorance. Um, we've seen him basically, well, he bombed Syria. Let's not forget that um, because they gassed their people. They've been doing horrible, atrocious things for a long time in Syria. And although there is, there does need to be some type of intervention and diplomacy there with other, with our country and other countries to help the people in Syria. 
you know, one way that we help, we can help them. And we were helping them where we were um, taking in refugees from Syria. He obviously shut the borders on refugees from Syria. He didn't want them coming in. And he bombs their airport. Um, and it basically destroyed just a bunch of old broken down planes. It was a waste of money. Then he drops the mother of all bombs on um, ISIS in Afghanistan. And I don't know what that damage was, but it probably wasn't worth how much money that bomb cost to drop it. Probably wasn't worth us dropping that bomb. He's literally done nothing but just further the work and uh, radicalization of ISIS. He is literally helping them recruit more people as he because he is showing the world that apparently we don't like Muslim people here in America. That's just untrue. Most of the people in America are rational people. We're loving people. We're caring people. We rec- we welcome people of all faiths and backgrounds. We have fringe folks like our president who are hateful and who don't want to have anything to do with anybody that's not them. That's how he got into office. He got into office because of fringe people who are afraid of losing their standing in the country because they are so used to having the power and being censored and everything. Then they have an issue with diversity. And we have seen so many think pieces come out since he stepped into office on that. Uh, who are the Trump voters? Blah, blah, blah. Like, who gives a crap? There are a bunch of people who either always want to vote a Republican because they already voted Republican or there are people who and actually and or and or there are people who literally just voted this way because they're afraid of the fact that America is becoming more diverse and it's becoming more colorful and we have more people here than just white people. Get over it. Welcome to America. I really don't even understand that. So he bombs Syria. He bombs Afghanistan. He's picking fights with North Korea. North Korea is already unstable. Kim Jong-un is already unstable. Why are you picking a fight with this person? Why are you not trying to figure out how to improve diplomacy, working closer with China, working with our South Korea, working with the folks that are literally in that region who are could be affected and impacted by your rash decisions? It's because... Donald Trump and his administration, Rex Tillerson, his secretary of state, all these folks are just a bunch of idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. They do not know how to run a, co- a, a country. They do not know how to run government. They do not know or understand what it means to be the most powerful country in the world and how we have to be the influencers of everything that's happening within the world and, and also be the country that stands as an example of what it means to have a strong democratic process. Everything's been undermined here and it's an embarrassment. And so we got all that nonsense that he's done basically nothing. He also failed to uh, get a bill passed on health care reform. Everybody knows the whole thing that the Republican Party has been running on is repeal and replace Obamacare because they hate President Obama. And so they try to come up with some little AHCA bill, whatever crap it's called, and it failed miserably. They couldn't, they didn't even give it a vote because they knew they didn't have the votes. As I speak right now on this podcast, it's April 28th, they are still working to try to 
and get votes on a second round that they've done as they have amended their first bill. And it's still probably not working because people are recognizing that the folks that live in their district um, are grateful for the ACA or Obamacare, as they like to call it, and are just would rather Congress work to improve it and fix the areas that need to be fixed instead of repealing something that is obviously working and replacing it with something that would be detrimental to so many of us. I don't understand our government. I started off this segment saying our government's a train wreck, and I really, 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 really believe that. And it's just not even something that is a, um, it's not something that I'm just saying is there's nothing to back it up. There is so much evidence of it at this point. There are so many horrible things happening in our government and we are just seeing more and more holes being poked into our democracy. We have a, a president that literally is, um, impeachable at this point. He is in direct violation of the emoluments clause. He hired someone as his national security advisor and Mike Flynn, who is um, obviously, it seems to appear that he has violated the emoluments clause himself, who was working with Russia and getting paid by Russian television and all types of things there. And right now he's under investigation. There is a full-fledged congressional investigation as well as an FBI investigation into the Trump administration and their possible um, any possible actions they may have had in collusion with the Russian government in the attack on our election this year. There is just so much that has happened and so much that is going on that if I didn't know any better, I thought this was some type of Hollywood movie or some type of novel. I would never have thought this would be America at this point, 2017, that this is what we would see after. But I'm not surprised because after eight years of having a black president and so many people being um, disturbed and irritated by that fact, that they would literally elect a clown to replace someone who was probably one of the most brilliant presidents we've ever had. It's phenomenal. It's disgusting. It's sad. And we're closing in tomorrow, 100 days of Trump being in office. And, um, there are literally lists and lists of things that have happened to our government in that short amount of time that we are seeing changes that could be impactful for years. And um, I really hope that our democracy survives this. And I really hope that uh, we are able as a liberal, as someone who is democratic and liberal, I really hope that we are able to flip Congress in 2018. I know I am working very hard on that. I have I've uh, been working and joining up with different activist low groups. I, I really advise you guys check out um, ourstates.org, uh, the Stay Woke campaign. They are um, that's being led by uh, Sam Sway and and Dorian McKesson and a few other folks. Um, and they are doing some amazing things there. I joined up with them working with trying to help work in um, onto things as part of their ever growing team of people who are volunteering to help. It's about, it looks like about 500 people that are just inside of the, the Slack, the Slack family there. So I, I really highly recommend you guys just check them out if you want to be involved or, and get involved in some of the other activists, um, 
activist organizations that are underway as we can continue to fight this ridiculous nonsense that is taking over our government. And we can flip, hopefully flip Congress in 2018. Uh, Flippable is another uh, app I think you guys should download. And it's an organization you can sign up with and you can help work with to help flip different congressional districts in 2018. Uh, Focus on your local government, what's happening at the local level, at the state level. Try to see what you can do to help influence legislation and continue to fight back against what is happening here. Our activism doesn't stop. It has to keep going. It has to keep growing. We have to keep pushing back. We have to say no more and we can never normalize anything that looks like fascism or a kleptocracy. We can't normalize any of this. We are a, a country that has a, um, a document called the Constitution that we are to live up to. We are a country of, um, the, of a democracy, and it's important that we hold true to those values and we don't let all of this craziness that is happening right now, because there's so much going on. Like I can literally talk about this for hours on this podcast, and I don't want to do that because I want to move on to better topics. Uh, I get so tired of Trump, but I'm doing my best to remain educated on what's happening, informed on what's happening, and hopefully educating and informing other people as these things occur. Uh, Trump is going to continue to do ridiculous things. He's going to continue to try to press uh, an agenda that is detrimental to most Americans. And so we have to make sure that we are protecting each other, we're protecting ourselves and we're protecting our country and so that we can continue to thrive as a nation and we're not going from thriving to surviving. And so I think that's what we need to do. And um, let's keep pushing. We're closing on 100 days right now, but that doesn't mean that it's the game's over. That means the game has just begun and we have to jump in there. We have to do our part. We have to fight back. We have to say enough is enough. And we keep continue to push forward and make sure that what we want to see happen in this country happens and we continue to do better, better as a nation. So moving on from Donald Trump, because you can only talk about that orange menace for so long before you want to probably go punch everybody in the face. Everybody, doesn't matter who it is. You just get angry. There's an anger there. So let's not even talk more about him. I want to talk about the fact that this week was the one year anniversary of Lemonade and the the just amazing, artistic, beautifully done visual album that Beyonce released this time last year. Uh, It was probably something that literally stopped the world, you know, it stopped the world for black women. That is for sure. It was an album that we all could identify with, can still identify with a lot of beautiful songs, a lot of beautiful imagery, fashion, messaging. It was just very powerful. You know, I, I can listen to that album over and over and over again, and it's still fresh in my spirit, no matter what, like it's, it isn't even, it's not as if it it's something that's like, oh, well, you know, that didn't age well. It ages well. I know we're only one year removed from the launch of it, but it has been an absolutely phenomenal um, just album, piece of art, piece of artwork, 
uh, that unfortunately she was snuffed and she didn't get the VMA for, but, uh, but it was just well done. One of my favorite songs from it, um, is don't hurt yourself. I love that song. Um, sorry. was a great song. Six inch Hills. Oh my God. That was my song for real. Oh my God. Freedom. Hello. Can we talk a little bit about freedom and how awesome that song is? That just, that the, the messaging of that song was just like, man, with Kendrick Lamar and their, their performance, they did it at, at the BET Awards last year. Just crazy. And of course, Formation really where it all began when she released Formation uh, back right before the Super Bowl and then performed it at the Super Bowl and literally just shut it all down. Amazing album. If you haven't heard Lemonade, I don't even understand how that's possible, but buy the record, listen to it, watch the videos. It's amazing. Make sure you just vibe with it. There are so many literally syllabus, syllabi that have been created like by different black women that you can follow along and just learn more about the album and the historical references uh, that can be made and inferred from, from the messaging of the album. It's just so amazing. So astonishing. And of course, anything from Beyonce, it's going to be great. We are Beyonce fans over here at Beautifully Complicated. And, um, she literally does no wrong. So again, we celebrate the one year anniversary of Lemonade. Uh, it was one year on April 23rd. We celebrate that one year anniversary. We say thank you, girl, Beyonce, for really telling our story and speaking our truth and just letting it be known what it is like to be a black woman in America or a black woman, period, really. It's just is phenomenal. So really right around the time of the one year anniversary of Lemonade, uh, Beyonce announced that she was launching uh, formation, the Formation Scholars Award for the 2017-2018 school year. And this award is for um, young women and let me just read what it says. So the scholarship aims to encourage and support young women who are unafraid to think outside the box and are bold, creative, conscious and confident. I'm going to actually make sure I post it on the Beautifully Complicated podcast Facebook page. So make sure you check it out. But basically, it is a scholarship that she's given to people who are pursuing degrees in creative arts, in literature, African-American studies, in music at four different schools. So Berkeley College of Music, Howard University, which I went to, Parsons School of Design or Spelman College. So uh, just an amazing thing that she's given out these scholarships to to young black women. And she are she's understanding that there is a need to continue to give and feed our young sisters and our young brothers to make sure that they have opportunities to continue to move forward and advance us as a people. Hallelujah to that. And so not only did she announce this amazing scholarship program that she's doing, but uh, our, our first lady, our former first lady, Michelle Obama, who we all love and adore and who basically is some of our some of us. She still is our first lady. Uh, she has said uh, she tweeted on Tuesday 
actually. She said, always inspired, inspired by your powerful contributions, Beyonce. You are a role model for us all. Thank you for investing in our girls. I just love that. I love, I love, uh, Lotus and, uh, of course, Beyonce, that great, that is such a great thing to do to give those scholarships to our young black sisters. I am and just so excited about that. Um, also, Beyonce is pregnant with twins and, she, you know, she announced that a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, actually. And so we're all waiting to see what she's what, what the what the sexes of her babies will be and see, you know, will Blue Ivy have a little brother and sister or just little sisters or little brothers. See what happens next. Speaking of pregnancies, um, also what was announced was Serena Williams must mistakenly announced that she was 20 weeks pregnant. Go ahead, Serena. So Serena announced that she was 20 weeks pregnant. Um, I think it was about a couple weeks, a couple, a few days ago. Um, she uploaded a photo on Snapchat of herself and it had as the caption 20 weeks and uh, it was a mistake. So she took it down. And by that time, everybody basically knew that she was pregnant. So they, her publicist later confirmed that, yes, she is pregnant. And she posted this very beautiful letter to her baby on uh, Instagram. It was just such a beautiful letter. And the fact that she had literally just won the Australian Open in January and she was pregnant when she won the Australian Open. And so she's literally like the number one female tennis player in the world. I'm just going to let me say she's the number one tennis player in the world, period. One of the greatest athletes of all time. She was pregnant at that time. So for us thinking all of us folks out there that think that we can't do anything and we have all these restrictions on our lives. This woman won uh, her 23rd Grand Slam singles title. And she was pregnant. So there's that. Anyway, so uh, Serena Williams, of course, is engaged. Her, her, and her, so her and her fiance are now uh, expecting their first baby. I can't. I think his name is Ilion. Uh, oh, sorry, Alexis Ohanian. Um, they are currently engaged to be married. He is one of the founders of Reddit, or the founder of Reddit. So. Congratulations to Serena and Alexis. I wish them luck as they are now celebrating a new bundle of joy that is coming to join them very, very soon. I believe she's due in September. So shout out to Serena and congratulations to her and her fiance. What an amazing thing and a beautiful gift a brand new baby is. Segment two, self-care. All right, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the Beautifully Complicated podcast, it's time for us to talk a little bit about nutrition. So I like to talk about different things in the self-care segment. I like to talk about uh, ways that we can improve our mental health, improve ourselves uh, spiritually, uh, find our peace in the midst of chaos, just different things I like to touch on. So this time around, I want to talk about nutrition. So I'm newly vegan, full disclosure, and I was led down this path um, really 
last year around this time, I did a challenge with a couple of family members and we did a a challenge that was supposed to be a vegan challenge, but the first literally meal, uh, the first day of the challenge was like, nope, no go. Don't even know how to do vegan. So we made it a pescatarian challenge and we adopted that for 22 days. And after doing that challenge, we all realized just how great we felt. Like I felt so good. My body felt so much different. I had so much more energy. I literally just felt like a brand new person. I, my body felt like it got even a little bit stronger. I wasn't as lethargic all of the time. I didn't need coffee. I just felt so much better. So I ended up adopting that diet um, for the next several months and literally was a, a still pescatarian up until about a month or so ago. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to try to be more vegan, try to go full on vegan. So I travel a lot. And so I was traveling, I was do pescatarian throughout this past year. I would do a pescatarian diet. So because I thought in my mind, it'd be easier to do that instead of trying to do a vegan diet when I'm on the road, not knowing what kind of food options I'm going to have. So when I was home or when I'm home, I'm always more vegan. So I would cook foods that are basically just um, basically all plant-based. There was nothing animal anywhere in any of my food choices. And late, I watched a documentary a couple weeks ago called What the Health. And if you have not seen it, it's so good. It's on Vimeo right now. It's $10, but it's so worth it. That documentary basically solidified my choice to go completely vegan. It talked about the health industry and the just basically the impact on eating animal-based products, how that impact impacts our health, um, how it is linked to cancers and to heart disease, which full disclosure, I have high blood pressure, but currently it doesn't seem like I have it now, but I had had, I have been medicated for high blood pressure for over 10 years. I was diagnosed officially with high blood pressure when I was like 12 years old. So I have been battling a form of heart disease from basically most of my life. And after watching this documentary and really listening to these doctors and these health professionals and scientists who know their stuff, who have done a lot of research, who have looked at a lot of studies, and I too end up looking up a lot of the studies and realizing how much eating an animal food based product, animal based products had really impacted my own health and how it would would probably be a pretty good idea to not do it any longer. And then to see how it links up with the um, pharmaceutical industry and how it's all tied into government and just, oh my God, that documentary is insane. It's crazy. It's really good. I really, really, really recommend going and looking for it. It's called What the Health. Again, it's on Vimeo. It was so amazing. So after watching that documentary, basically I decided, yep, I'm going to go ahead and go fully vegan. And so I have been for the past couple weeks, past few weeks, but I guess you could say I've kind of been vegan part-time anyway for about the past year. And it's been great. It's been amazing. I feel really good. My muscles are recovering faster after a workout. Um, My blood pressure is normalized. 
my, um, my heart, it seems to be operating a lot better. I feel a lot better. I'm not tired all the time. I just, I feel like a brand new person. Like I've literally stepped into a brand new body. It is probably one of the best things I've ever done. So because of that, I want to really uh, share a couple of tips on nutrition. And I'm not going to try to push my vegan diet off on all you guys. It's a lifestyle, not a diet. My, you know, my new veganism off on you all, but I highly recommend you go vegan, honestly. Um, if you can, if you, if you so desire for something you've been thinking about, take this literally as a sign that you should go ahead and do it because it's the best thing for your body. It's the best thing, best thing for animal welfare and it's the best thing for our environment as a whole. And if we really want to impact climate change, veganism is probably the best way to do it because our, our animal based diet is literally uh, contributing a lot to climate change at this moment. And so if we can, if we all can just cut that out, cut out the meat, cut out the dairy, please God, cut out the dairy, dairy, so bad for you. Cut out the meat, cut out the dairy. We probably will definitely see some changes within our bodies in the long run, changes in our environment. And we can show just how much we truly love animals, not just our dogs and our cats at our houses, but how much we love all animals, all of God's creatures, because all of God's creatures deserve to live. They don't deserve to die in such inhumane ways. Um, they die in nature the way nature intends them to die. Man was not made to go out there and kill them for sport. So that's a whole other story. Anyway, Nutrition tips. First thing first, um, I really want folks to stop focusing on carbs and cutting carbs out their diet. Carbs are good for you. I have a bachelor's degree in biology and um, I'm always amazed when I hear people say, I don't need carbs. Carbs are so bad. So I cut carbs on my diet. I'm thinking to myself, like, do you know that, you know, that's like one of the sources of energy for your body. You need that. It converts carbohydrates into energy for your body to not just energize you to be able to move, but for your body to carry out basic metabolic processes. Like, There's a reason why you should have carbs in your diet. Don't cut out carbs, eat good carbs. Um, a lot of vegetables have a lot of great carbs in them. You don't need a bunch of bread and all that stuff, but there are a lot of wonderful carbohydrates that are found in vegetables and found in fruits and in legumes. So I highly recommend not cutting out carbs, not cutting back on carbs, or really just minding what source of carbohydrates you introduce into your body. Number two, please, please, please cut down on processed foods. Please cut down on processed foods. Processed foods are probably one of the worst things uh, you can do for yourself. Because processed foods literally are just a bunch of junk thrown together and there's there are all types of bad things involved inside of them. Chemicals for preservation, additional chemicals just for taste. Um, a lot of the nutrients are stripped away. Things are being added in that, that your body really don't need. You got to understand your body is made up of electrical pulses and chemical reactions. And so when you're introducing all these foreign chemicals into your body, you're introducing the the opportunity for your body to malfunction in some form or fashion with a chemical um, that's that is probably blocking something or inhibiting something. 
or even causing uh, your cells to act differently. So cut down on uh, processed foods. That's number two when it comes to better nutrition. Number three, eat more fruits and vegetables. Okay, so that's a given, right? Um, Fruits and veggies are great for you. People try to avoid fruits and vegetables, especially if they think that, oh, the sugars and fruits are going to be, are going to cause my diabetes or something to, to go up or cause me to get diabetes because it's too much sugar. Thing is about fruit. A lot of fruit also have fiber, which is what you need. Your body needs fiber. And the fiber really helps your body digest those sugars to better um, metabolize those sugars that is also being introduced with that piece of fruit. So it's not something you you should shy away from. Now, I'm not saying go eat a whole bunch of fruit and and upset what you've already got going in your body, but be mindful of that fact that fruits and vegetables are your friends and they are good for you. They are good for your body. And we need to eat more of them. We don't eat enough. We need nutrients in our bodies. For some reason, I have this idea or thought in my head that we as Americans, we probably are more malnourished than we even know because we don't eat a lot of nutrients. We eat a lot of meat. We eat a lot of dairy. And those are nutrient dense. They don't have a lot of nutrients in them. So, you know, we need to have things that are more loaded with nutrients. And that's really in our fruits and vegetables and things that grow off the earth. So please make sure you introduce more of those things into your diet. Number four for nutrition, get more sleep, get enough sleep, 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 sleep. We don't think about sleep being a part of nutrition, but it really is. It's really, really important part of, of nutrition because it'll, when you're sleeping, your body is able to do more of the good things it does in that it can um, actually carry out some of its metabolic processes better. It can work on digestion. It kind of just it revitalizes itself while you're sleeping. So get enough sleep. Thinking that you can run off two, three hours of sleep, no. Your body really do need that rest. It needs that moment to be able to take care of its own self and to, of course, begin to uh, to revitalize itself. Number five. Number five, we probably all have heard most of our lives, and I'm going to just say it again because it needs to be said, and we need to do this. Drink more water. Water needs to be Drinking more, drink more, drinking, <laughs> drink more water. We got to drink more water. So what does that mean? We need to make sure we drink the, the age old adage has been, you need to drink about 68 ounces of water a, a day. I really recommend you drink a half, drink a glass of water before you eat a glass before every meal. So that's already three glasses. Drink two glass, take a glass of water between meals. So that's another two glasses. Drink a glass of water when you first wake up. Drink a glass of water right before bed. That is plenty of water at that point. Drink, 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 drink. Drink that water. Allow your body to get what it needs because it uses water inside of it to, of course, carry out those metabolic processes, keep your blood clean, keep your system cleaned out. It's better able to flush out your kidneys, flush out your liver of toxins. So you want to continue to drink that water and it can really help you boost your metabolism. So and burn fat. So drink more water, please. Drink more water. 
There are so many studies out there that talk about um, how much water you should drink. And it can be dependent. Some people who have metabolic, who have um, certain diseases, have to drink less water. I know folks with lupus sometimes have to be mindful of what their liquid intake is. But if you have no restrictions on you, drink, drink more water. Don't drink too much water, but drink more water. There are so many great benefits of drinking water, uh, not just what happens internally that I spoke of just now, but also externally, how beautiful your skin looks. You have more energy. Your uh, You'll see just a physical change within your body. Your hair become more moisturized. It'd be less brittle. Your nails become stronger. So many great things happen when you drink more water. There's so many benefits. So please, by all means, when we're talking nutrition, we're talking about doing better for your body, introducing better things into your body and making your body healthier. In this self-care segment, I can't stress enough how important it is to drink water. So to recap the five things, my five nutrition tips for this episode. Number one, don't focus on how much carbs you're putting in your body. Focus on the kind of carbs you're putting in your body. Introduce good carbs into your body and allow your body to get the energy it needs from the source of energy. Number two, cut down on processed foods. Processed foods are not your friends. Processed foods are bad for you. Eat more whole foods. Shop the outer perimeter of the grocery store. Don't shop the inner aisles as much. Unless you're going to get like beans and stuff. <laughs> but shop the outer perimeter. Shop the fruits and the vegetables, the fresh foods. Number three, eat more fruits and vegetables. Please eat more fruits and vegetables. We cut it out too much of it from our diet. People on these paleo diets and all that nonsense, screw all that. You don't need all that meat. Eat more fruits and vegetables. That is what your body needs. It literally can heal itself of so many ailments if you eat more fruits and vegetables. Fruits and vegetables are healing. They are good for you. They are great for you. They're good for the body. Don't be afraid to introduce them back into your diet, add them more into your diet, and slowly even start to wean yourself off of the animal products. I'm gonna make all, I'm gonna get some of you guys to turn vegan with me, become vegan and just, and, and live a great, a better life than you've ever lived. Number four, sleep more. Get good sleep. Make sure you're sleeping more, getting enough sleep. You're not just laying around or, you know, get, having broken sleep, but you're actually getting good, restful sleep so that your body can do, do the things it needs to do and revitalize itself while you're sleeping. And number five, drink more water because that is literally like the master of them all. Water is one of the best things that you can introduce into your body. It's a resource our body needs. It functions better with it. It, it helps us with our metabolism. It helps us. Um, carry out metabolic processes obviously it helps our us filter so please 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 drink more water five tips for better nutrition get on it people let's do better let's treat our bodies better let's make ourselves feel better and great segment three black excellence all right let's talk about in this segment, Henrietta Lacks. So the reason why I wanted to talk about Henrietta Lacks in this episode is because this past Saturday, Oprah Winfrey had released her 
It's her movie, uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, based on the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, on HBO. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And it really was just so eye-opening. As someone who didn't get a chance to read the book yet, to be able to watch the film and learn a little bit more about the family of Henrietta Lacks and even a little bit more about her story, it was just such a phenomenal thing. So I talked a little bit about in my last segment, in segment two, how I have a bachelor's degree in biology. So I remember hearing a lot about HeLa cells and the HeLa cell line. I didn't know at all that HeLa cells were the cells of a black woman who who died in 1951 from cervical cancer, but that's who they are. They are the cells of Henrietta Lacks, uh, who was a black woman um, in America who had gotten cervical cancer. And uh, she went into John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore, Maryland, and to get her biopsy for her cervical cancer treatment and uh it was really much so common practice back then and more than likely it's still common practice that uh, researchers and doctors would kind of take those cells or take tissue and whatnot from patients without patients consent and they would use that for other things and so they that's what they did for her cells they took those cells from um from her biopsy and her cells were cultured. They were cultured by a scientist, George Otto Gay. And, and from there, a cell line was created known as the HeLa cell line, the first two letters of her first and last name. And her, her cell line, which they call immortal because it literally is able to reproduce indefinitely under specific conditions. Her cell line is literally still in use at this moment. Um, this black woman who had no idea her what she would be contributing to science because of what was taken from her. So many of us in the African-American community, this story resonates with us on a different level. It's not even just that, you know, Henrietta Lacks story was untold. What really resonates with us is the idea of scientists and doctors looking at us as people to experiment on. And that's really been the case for centuries. Uh, we saw it a lot during slavery. A lot of women in slavery were, they were, they were tested on frequently by a lot of folks as they wanted to learn anatomy and they wanted to learn how the human body worked or to trial drugs and vaccinations and different things. They would try it out on the African or African American man and woman. We saw it with the Tuskegee experiment and the scientists um, looking to try to, quote, better understand syphilis and allowing these men to go untreated with syphilis for so long. We've seen it over and over again, how we have been used as science experiments. And it's it's such a painful thing. And it was very painful to watch that uh, the story of her family, Henry Alexis family, as they are reliving what happened to her and what her sales have done for society as a whole. And it's just absolutely phenomenal. So not to belabor this too much longer, I uh, just really want to honor Henrietta Lacks for what she has done for science, what she has done for medicine, her, her unknowing contribution literally is 
what has helped millions of people live. And she gave her life unknowingly, unknowing or not knowing that she would be impacting people for generations to come in such an amazing way. So her cells were used to develop the polio vaccine. Uh, her cells were uh, have been tested on cancer patients to observe if cancer could be transmitted. And her, her cells have been used for research of cancer, AIDS, gene mapping, um, to test human sensitivity to different things. Just so many amazing contributions have been made to science and into medicine because of her cells that were stolen. And although she won't know because she's no longer here, she, she has been, she has truly touched so many lives in such an amazing way. And I am so very grateful and thankful to Henrietta Lacks. My love goes out to her family members, uh, her children who survived her and, uh, all of the people whose lives she has impacted because she was definitely a gift from God. Uh, she's a gift to them because she lived and she's a gift to the rest of us now because of um, the theft of her cells and what the, how, how it has been used and contributed to different areas of science. So um, again, much love and thanks to Henrietta Lacks I want to make sure that she's highlighted as our in our Black Excellence segment this week. If you have not read the book, I myself have not read it. I recommend you guys read it. I'm going to purchase and I'm going to read the book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. If you have not seen the movie, Oprah did a phenomenal job playing her daughter, Deborah. Watch the movie. It's on HBO. It's such a great movie. And it just you will cry because I cried. <laughs> it's a great movie. So shout out again to the Henriette, the Lacks family and the amazing contribution that uh, their mother and grandmother made to science. It, we are very thankful, the rest of us, even though we were not involved in the theft of ourselves and probably wouldn't have been involved because it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing that they, we, that is done in science and the medical field without people permission. But again, um, thank you for that contribution. So that's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. It's been great. I've had an amazing time sitting here and just talking about the many different things that's going on today. From the Trump administration to Beyonce's Lemonade anniversary, her amazing scholarships that she is giving to young girls to go to four different colleges, to the announcement of Serena's uh, bundle of joy that she is holding right now in her belly, to nutrition facts and improving our bodies and our health overall, and finally highlighting a phenomenal woman in Henrietta Lacks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a great show. Make sure you check out the next episode. Follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at Sheena D1. Um, like the page on Facebook, the Beautifully Complicated Podcast page. Follow us, share, engage. Let me know what you guys think. Use the hashtag Beautifully Complicated. 
We're still using the hashtag BetterMe2017 as we are continuing to improve ourselves and improve our lives and do better as part of our self-care segment. So make sure you guys use the hashtag as well. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Um, share the podcast. Share with other people. If you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. You can find us not only on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes and as well um, the Google Play Store. Thanks for listening to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.